From 809 Restaurant and Lounge on Dykeman Street in the heart of Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air, where we shine a light on the writers, filmmakers, musicians, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. I'm Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. And this is Live and Local. It's where we meet the musicians of Upper Manhattan, talk about their work, and best of all, hear them do their thing. What treat is in store for us today, Jonathan? Aaron, today, Live and Local welcomes Jamie Igneo. Jamie hails from Greenock, Scotland, but as at least one source has it, his musical career began in a restaurant in Orlando, Florida, where his tremendous tenor voice got him noticed by a member of the Central Florida Lyric Opera. Two years later, in 2013, he made his debut at Carnegie Hall in the remarkable Theatre Brigade's production, Opera Shorts. Since then, he sung Arturo in Donizetti's Lucia di Lammermoor, Le Remendado from Bizet's Carmen, and Rafe Rackstraw in Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore, among other roles. But wait, there's more. Jamie is an accomplished guitarist and rock vocalist, well-known to Uptown music fans for his bear-hug embrace of musical genres, from pop to metal. That love is at the center of Ashley and Jamie's acoustic show, the weekly Facebook live show he and Ashley Walsh have produced for the past several months. We are so happy he's with us today, Aaron, on Live and Local. Without further ado, Jamie Ignayo. Sweet, everybody wants to know. 
Okay. The next song I'm going to be doing is a Neapolitan art song made famous by the three tenors. Che bella cosa dai giornata ai sole d'aria serena dopo una tempesta e l'aria fresca Quando fa notte o sole sonnecene e vene quasi la malinconia sotto a fenestra vuoi arrestare quando fa notte o sole Jamie, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, before we start talking, could you tell us and our listeners, what did you just play? Uh, the first one was a long, slow goodbye, um, which is actually a, a B-side on a Queens of the Stone Age album, but um, it departed from all the, the crazy rock that I heard on the album, and it was acoustic, and I just was drawn to it. Uh, and then the second one was uh, O Sole Mio, which is an old uh, Neapolitan art song that was made famous uh, by the three tenors, and is like one of the first art songs I remember learning when I was um, training in Florida. Well, first, just, um, what? That's that's how I reacted the first time I saw you. And I'm going to need you to remind me the name of the bar. Uh, Buddha Beer Bar. Oh, of course. I used to live closer. Well, Aaron, the first time I heard him was in the Buddha Beer Bar. I still remember kind of how flabbergasted I was. <laughs> To hear this guy's voice at this open mic. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's crazy. You know, you go from a slow ballad uh, to, you know, a boisterous operatic (laughs) force coming out of the man's voice. All the time. You You know, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. So I am wondering how, as someone who has, did quite a bit of accompanying for opera singers and have a decent sense of that discipline and that life 
and what opera singers have to contend with to keep their voice in shape. Now, I know the voice is not really necessarily some fragile instrument, but I am curious if the choosing of your covers is informed in any way by that other category that you're in as an opera singer. Are are certain songs, do you feel like they lend themselves more to your voice in such a way where you don't have to make necessarily a radical adjustment to who you are as a singer? Um, I, I would agree that there are songs that would be, you know, better suited towards my voice. I mean, to take a, a ridiculous example, I am Bon Scott. I am not Brian Johnson of ACDC. <laughs> I'm not Axl Rose. I'm more Freddie Mercury. Right. Um, or I'm not, you know, but that's the style that I would, I would prefer to sing. Um, I would say that the, the, the opera training that I got uh, helped me better the songs that I would sing beforehand. I was classically trained since I was a kid, but, but singing in any songs that I enjoyed singing when I was young, like once I'd studied opera, I was able to, to better perform them. Um, proper technique, just like learning, you know, how to, to control my larynx better. Um, you know, you can do something like House of the Rising Sun by the Animals and it can take on a sort of operatic tint. Okay. Um, Eric Burden had that effect for his yeah. songwriting for sure. Yeah. But uh, I'd say that um, I, I generally tend to pick singers who are more along my lines range-wise, um, but I've been known to to try some Johnny Cash every now and again, okay. even though that's not in my register. Same keys? You don't change the keys for Johnny uh, Cash? No, I well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You're going to have to come back and do a Johnny Cash song. Oh, sometime. maybe I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, but well, um, amazing though, just to... Yeah, kind of. A, you have a stupendous instrument. It's amazing. It's amazing to hear you go from, you know, a rock tune. Thank you. To an opera piece. It's tremendous. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning then. So how does one go from singing in a restaurant in Orlando to Carnegie Hall in New York City? Um, hanging out with the wrong people. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually was, um, I, I got to sing at that restaurant from uh, my maestro, Bill Doherty at the time, Central Florida Lyric Opera. He had kind of hooked me up with that job. Um, I was actually, funnily enough, discovered at Disney World. On what ride? I was making leather bands in, in Africa. And uh, a lady came up who worked there also and looked at the name tag and said, oh my gosh, you're from Scotland. And I went, yeah, it's <laughs> and um, and then she started singing "You'll Take the High Road" and no one was around, so I thought I'll just harmonise with her. And thirds, she went, "You must come and try out uh, for the, this opera company. I mean, you've got a great tenor voice." I'm like, "Yeah, I've been singing in choirs since I was like six, so yeah." And then um, it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for setting the record straight. On it is a small world after all. <laughs> Had to be said. Oh. No, that was good. Good good. To get to New York, it was just people that I knew and, you know, people would go to New York. That was a thing. Florida, you know, it was it was a wonderful opportunity to train down there um, and perform for people. And it definitely put me in a better position with just kind of the the whole opera world and what I'd need to do. It was like a, a crash course of like two years. But I mean, it prepared me for, you know, bettering my guitar playing, 
getting more students, being surrounded by jazz, like new genres I'd never really tapped into before. And then uh, to get to Carnegie Hall, I'm not going to make the practice joke. Um, <laughs> I, I had um, uh, a friend of mine had um, hooked me up with Monica Hart, who's one of the heads at Brooklyn College, CUNY, and uh, I studied with her. I performed uh, opera shorts in Zankel Hall, and that was unbelievable. That was incredible. You know, it's definitely like a badge my mum puts on the fridge. I know she's got some bumper stickers that I've told her she can't put up. I guess I'll 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 ask you a uh, sort of a hackneyed question, but it's a uh, it's a it's a it's one that I'm actually genuinely curious about. Who are your influences, both in terms of singers, and I guess musicians or songwriters uh, more broadly? As far as singers are concerned, um, Andy Williams. My household was a weird. It wasn't like Frank Sinatra. We just didn't really listen to. We listened to Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, and Andy Williams. And through, you know, maybe more of a, 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 a mean comment, Andy Williams was the best singer of all of them who wasn't in the Rat Pack, but that might be my tenor bias. Um, Freddie Mercury, we always played Queen. Uh, Joshua Homme, Queens of the Stone Age, because he had sort of a, a lighter voice but could still contrast that dynamic where it would be heavy music, but he sounded angelic and choral. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I've been singing choirs all my life. And... Mm. Dave Grohl, uh, mm. although we'll see how many years his voice lasts now, because mm. uh, he's um, he screams a lot. He's a screamer. Yeah, I, I wish I could, but I don't want to lose <laughs> my, my voice. And then I'd say songwriting-wise, um, definitely the Foo Fighters, Queens of the Stone Age, Muse. It's definitely everything where, when I was a teenager, music just took off, and in the first-generation iPods, they just wouldn't come out of my ears. Right. Yeah, Matthew um, Bell and me definitely has a... Uh, queen influence as well insanely so and and i'd say that it's it changes every month you know i find a new group or or you know i'll talk to to my opera friends uh and we'll like you know go through like nikolai Geda and and sit you know with a bottle until four in the morning saying who could be the better um opera singer we've actually said that bon scott and freddie mercury you know would have been phenomenal had they mm. went down that route very interesting but yeah. Rock and roll is better, I guess. <laughs> so I imagine you must have some interesting anecdotes of when you have inserted, maybe unexpectedly, an aria in the middle of a rock set, right? Um, I mean, you might... 24-7. Um, meaning the amount of stories and reactions or... Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... I mean, when you've gouted, flaunted, kind right, of thing. Yeah. Not, not, not how good I am per se, but uh, the variation on it. You know, people will um, uh, will really kind of enjoy, you know, a, a fresh song where you go from like the violent femmes to sublime to to an aria to um, to a jazz song to an awfully grotesque pop song. Right. Well, you we have a very wide range, and I think that's what. I mean, as just speaking as an audience member and actually just seeing you perform, it's so enjoyable to see that talent showcase, which I'm very pleased to say we're doing tonight, possessed in a, in a being. That it's, it's it's that talent going, well, I did not expect that, um, but it made perfect sense. And that you can go from Queens of the Stone Age to Pavarotti uh, is like, that doesn't compute. And yet here you are. And um, 
What is your range? Do you even know what your range is? I mean, you'd think you would. Note-wise? Yeah, you know wise um, Bees are my friend, and I don't do Cs anymore. Um, I, my voice to. is They're very bigger. unforgiving. Yeah, and um, no daughter of the regiment Ds for me. I no, thank you. But I mean, I'm. My voice has changed now. I think I mean, it has, and we'll continue last, to. Yeah. Yeah, since I first met you, it was a lot I think lighter. Definitely. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, once you pass the big three zero, it's supposed to do. Oh, it's all downhill from there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get to the four zero, then the five zero, <laughs> and then six. It just it, yeah. it all adds up. It all adds up. Yeah, but you, but. but with your training, though, you'll probably still be around doing it in some way. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to take care of the instrument. I mean, you know, to, to what you were saying before, you know, selecting songs. I mean, yes, at the end of a set, I might, with my band, pull out the Beastie Boys sabotage and not sing for a week. But I don't make a habit of that. So you do have, you do maintain or keep the doors open for opera. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't, given that the roles are there for decades to come it's not in terms of just your lifespan yeah it's not like you age out of that possibility not for at least another 30 years right um it's supposed to begin now yeah and okay so that's still that's still something that you think about it will i'll stop being stubborn okay (laughs) well i've always been a big fan thank you we're both really looking forward. I, I, I imagine you got a couple more tunes for us. Yes. Can you tell us what they are? An old Irish classic pub song, The Wild Rover. My mother taught me that song. That's no indication of my mother. She's wonderful. And, um, <laughs> and then an original... I can't wait to hear this. An original song I wrote in, uh, I think, April. Okay. And this is the first time this song is being played live? Live in front of people. Played it on a screen twice, but not in front of people before. <laughs> Amazing. We're looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jamie Igneo. I've been a wild rover for many a year, and I spent all my money on whiskey and beer. And now I'm returning with golden great the wild rover no more and it's no name never right up your kilt no name never no more will I pay the wild rover no never no more I went to a nail house I used to frequent and I told the landlady my money was spent I asked her for credit, she answered me nay Such a custom is yours, I can have any day And it's no nay, never No nay, never, no more Will I pay the Wild Rover? No, never, no more I took from my pocket ten dollars bright and the landlady's eyes opened wide with delight. I asked her for whiskey and beers of the best. What she told me before it was only in jest. And it's no, nay, never. No, nay, never, no more. Will I play Wild Rover? No, never. 
go back to my parents, confess what I've done, and ask them to pardon their prodigal son. And when they forgive me like of times before, then I swear I will play the wild rover no more, and it's no name. For now, 
the same Only as long as we remain Wow, Jamie, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Beautiful original. I remember wanting to get you to play some originals at that last gig Mm -hmm. and you were a little coy about it. So I'm glad you took the plunge. Really gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. And to be honest, I could could stay up all night with pints listening to you singing traditional Scottish drinking songs. Soon you will. (laughs) And perhaps make make a whole album of those, please. Okay, done. (laughs) I look forward to that time when we can do that again. Yeah. Jamie, at a time when there are currently no gigs of any kind to be had, opera, rock, pop, or otherwise, you've managed to create your own virtual gigs. Do you have any wisdom for musicians who are struggling to find an outlet for their work and and also find income? To hear from your experience in creating your virtual platform, uh, would you mind sharing just some of your adventures of creating your own live virtual shows? Do not be closed-minded, and that's only talking from personal experience. I've tried to to become more open to, you know, even music that I, I perhaps wouldn't like so much. It's all music. There are no guilty pleasures. And then also be open to change. Be open to becoming multifaceted because that's what, regardless of the situation that we're in right now, where, you know, it's made nearly nigh impossible to, to get gigs or whatever, the world changes, like social media platforms change. And and again, I am not a fan of social media platforms. I don't do them well. Mm-hmm. But if you can find other ways to perform your music or, you know, be open to becoming a teacher. I, I started teaching guitar. I've played for 13 years and I started 12 and a half years in. Um, but, you know, I started off being honest with what I could teach. You learn by teaching doing recordings. I've seen so many examples. It's not even just the fact the internet's become flush with live shows. I've seen people who will write jingles, you know, for for different apps for people. Birthday shout outs and stuff like that. Our show, we take requests. There's a lot of requests and very, very funny <laughs> requests a lot of the time as well. And there's a way having seen a lot of this market and most of it will just say are they're free virtual shows. I'll say that. Um, yeah, but unfortunately free don't pay to rent. Sure. And so is there ways of artists to monetize these personalizations, these shout outs, so to speak, if they take a request, like could they, for instance, like do a PayPal or a Venmo or find you some way to give you a donation or an accolade, if you will, yeah. but just simply like a Venmo or something like that. Are, are people giving you donations for for yes. that for that personalization? Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a great way for artists to connect with their fan base and perhaps grow their fan base. And do, can you speak to that experience at all? Um, the the last gig that we had performed um, at Hibernia Bar down in Hell's Kitchen, half of my band. It, it was literally the night that they'd shut everything down. So we, there was an air of this is going to be the last gig we do. It was very strange we didn't know who we'd be playing to we were worried you know we should be taking this more seriously you know and and i i kept calling them say are you still doing this and they said if if you show up with an acoustic we don't care but i want i wanted my band but of course i totally understood that half of the band said i'm not doing it 
I called a, another friend, Spencer Corona, who does uh, live shows on a Friday night. I said, please come do this with me. I just, I want to have someone here. Ashley, unbeknownst to me, had put up my Venmo information and started streaming it. And so I'm using my phone to look up lyrics. I'm like, that's not the Beastie Boys sabotage lyrics. And like, you know, it was just flashing up texts of people Venmoing. And we, when we decided we were going to start doing the shows, we put Venmo up and then said, why are we limiting that? I have a PayPal and a Zelly could put that up. So for other folks, you know, you can use your social media platforms that are your best, like Instagram or whatever. Uh, there's also Twitch, for example. I'm going to have to start learning how to do that not be closed-minded about it or be stubborn. And ask for help, right? A lot of artists aren't good with tech. Or maybe they are. I'm not trying to generalize generalize by any means, but I'm saying like sometimes people are creative and don't possess another side of them or or, or just a general interest in tech. So don't be afraid to ask for help, right? I was. um, not, Not on the tech side. I have a lot of friends who work in audio engineering and that was great and I was able to get their help because they weren't doing that kind of thing yet and, and I wanted to do it and they said, well, you know, this should help and, you know, 50 broken chairs later, you figured out how you can hook up to do a live stream and what the threshold is, how many channels a, a thing will accept. But I think that the not asking for help thing, I was very truthfully uncomfortable with saying in a market-wise sense, hey, folks, you can Venmo me um, at jamie-igneo or PayPal or Zelly. It just it wasn't something I felt comfortable doing. And a friend said to me, this is your job, and you're not begging, you're performing. People have a choice not to contribute. But people are so wonderful and supportive, and, and they do. And you know we're very lucky in that way. But I think everyone else should feel comfortable asking for help as well. Oh, I feel like I got my work cut out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my God, let's talk after, Jamie. Sure. All those like Twitter, Twitch, I recognized, mm-hmm. well, more than half of those <laughs> those platforms. But um, I think the past six months, a lot of artists have had to yeah. go back to the drawing board and work on that intimidation factor that many artists feel, or maybe not that it's beneath them, but they just would rather not spend time on that. But it's it's a reality. And uh, yeah, just about everyone I know has had to confront uh, the things you're talking about. So thanks yeah. for sharing all that. Well, Jamie, you mentioned things throughout the podcast, but where is the best place for listeners to purchase your music or follow up with you? Um, well, at the moment, uh, that one song is um, from an upcoming EP that I'm doing, a collaborative effort with a lot of friends. So I'll probably announce that on my Facebook page. You can also check out Hey Buddy, Facebook page. That's uh, my band that I had with lots of different family members. I also play for Coyote Love, um, an Inwood local band, and um, Dance Floor, based in Long Island, uh, an event band with an old friend. Um, so uh, you can also check out our uh, weekly um, show, uh, which is posted on my page as well, Jamie Agnew. You're only going to find one Scottish guy with a Filipino last name on Facebook. <laughs> And we do that every Saturday from 8 o'clock until 11 o'clock. And that's uh, with my fiance Ashley. Fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, uh, listeners will have some of those links up for you on our Inwood Artworks on air webpage. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great.
Thanks again to Jamie Igneo for joining Jonathan and I on this live and local episode of In What Artworks On Air, where we introduce you to the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Be sure to follow us at Inwood Artworks on our social media channels and inwoodartworks.nyc on the web to keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. And stay tuned for more live and local and artist spotlight episodes of Inwood Artworks On Air. A very special thanks to 809 Restaurant and Lounge here at 112 Dykeman Street in Inwood for hosting us. And want you to know that Inwood Artworks supports our local small businesses, and we hope you do too. Inwood Artworks On Air is made possible with funds from the NISCA Electronic Media and Film Grant Program in partnership with Wave Farm Media Arts Assistance Fund and the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature. Thank you for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. For Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>